So this morning we're going to talk about good father, good gifts. I know that Father's Day is difficult for a lot of people who didn't have a good relationship with their father or don't or seeking reconciliation or reconciliation hasn't been possible. Uh, we heard from my mother here a couple weeks ago and uh, some of you are aware that I'm spoiled with a very good relationship with my parents. And that's one thing that makes it easier for me to approach God as a father. Uh, it's a gift that I also don't take for granted. Uh, my bond with my father is such that I chose him to be the best man in my wedding. Um, I maintain a, a good relationship for my father. And for us to move from Portland, Oregon to here to start this church, the thing that we sacrifice the most is time with family. It's something that we do freely and happily. It's something that we give that I hope someday in heaven to lay at the feet of Jesus as a gift to say, I will not give to you something that costs me nothing. As time away from family costs me dearly, but it's something that I freely and happily give to my Savior. My Savior Jesus, who instructed us, he said, when you pray, as speaking to believers, and so if you're uh, still at a place where you're not a believer, this is an invitation. This message today is an invitation from Jesus Christ into an intimate relationship with God. Oh, and you just say that because you like warm fuzzies and you're from the West Coast. No, it's actually, it's actually in here. Jesus is inviting us into an intimate relationship. So the believers asked him, you know, how do we pray? He says, when you pray, pray like this. Daddy God. He uses a, an Aramaic word. Uh, some of us know that there's Greek and Hebrew in the Bible. There's also Aramaic in, in older language. He uses an Aramaic word, Abba, transliterated into the Greek. And, and actually, Jesus uses this word a lot, if you're paying attention. And he talks about this relationship with the Father a lot. And he gives us the power tool, which is the Lord's Prayer. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. And for most of us that grew up with maybe the old King James, we remember it as, Our Father, who art in heaven. I don't know who art is, but um, it's an intimate, it's a familiar, it's an intimate word that Jesus uses, Daddy God. That's how Jesus instructed us to pray. Now certainly Jesus prayed the Psalms and also prayed various scriptures and, and, and spoke to God in reverence as well. But today I also want to focus on where Jesus invited us into an intimacy, an intimate, a personally intimate relationship with the Father. Now, why is that and, and how does it work? We gather from Galatians chapter 4, but when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that He could adopt this morning... I want to just invite you, a lot of you consider yourself mature believers, I want to invite you to pay attention to the so that. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child... God has made you his heir. You have an inheritance because God made you his child through this adoption by Jesus. We gather from Romans chapter 8. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs with God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Jesus, let's turn, if you have your Bibles or your app there in front of you, we have some extra Bibles in the room. Let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I want to dig just a little bit deeper into the words of Christ about this relationship with the Father. Are you ready? You ready for something encouraging? Ready for something encouraging where you need to engage your spirit, engage your mind? Let's go a little bit deeper, okay? We'll start in verse 11. John chapter 17, verse 11. Jesus is preparing the disciples, his followers, his friends for his death, burial, and resurrection. He's, he cares about them. And so he takes great pains to prepare them for what is about to happen. It was traumatic. It was a big deal. And we get a lot of that here in the scripture. So he's preparing them for his death, burial, and resurrection. He would walk with them again for a good deal of time, but then he would return to the Father. We'll start in verse 11. Now I am departing from the world. And he, he's, Jesus is praying, and he's talking to God the Father about his followers. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world. But I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Let's drop down to verse 20. I am, this is Jesus praying still. I am praying not only for these disciples, meaning the people that were physically present with him at that time. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Now pay attention, this is Jesus praying for you. This is Jesus praying for you. I pray also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us. Who? He's praying for us. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world, so that the world will know you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus prayed that you would know that God the Father loves you just as he loves Jesus. Father, I want these whom you've given me to be with me where I am. They can, then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. God the Father loved God the Son even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then 
Your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. I want to flip back to chapter 16 and verse 27. John 16 and verse 7. Jesus says this, The Father loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. In this invitation to an intimate relationship with God the Father, Jesus is explaining that if we believe that He is the Messiah, the sent one, the one that has accomplished our salvation, that gives us an invitation to receive grace by faith, that our belief that He is the Messiah is a huge deal. in this intimate relationship. It's an invitation to all. It's an invitation to those that the Spirit prompts to believe in Him, to love in Him. But it's also not an invitation to, oh yeah, I checked the God box in my brain, and on my life I go living however I please. No, that's out of context. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is inviting us into a relationship, an intimate relationship with Him, with the Father, the foundation of which is receiving what He has done and then in turn believing that Jesus is who He said He is. This is very important for us to understand. So He's a good Father. He gives gives good gifts. and, And it is true. And I want you to come to maybe a greater realization that So many things in your life are a gift from the Father. Look at this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Jesus says, look at the birds. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Listen to these words that Jesus said along this line from Luke chapter 12 verses 29 to 32. Don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, does that sound like try to make yourself happy and then give God a few minutes? Oh, heck no. Okay, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Along the same line, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? My kids would like both a a fish and a snake. No snake today. Of course not. See, it says, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? This is Jesus, the Son, who knew the Father before the world was created, telling us what Father God, what Daddy God is like. James chapter 1, verses 17 through 18. Now remember, James is the half-brother of Jesus and was one of the pastors of the Jerusalem church. He, He writes about this theme. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Did you enjoy the sunrise this morning? I did. Did you 
enjoy something good to eat or drink? Did you enjoy the love of a friend, the support, the companion? Every good gift, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word. That's that Logos living Word which should include Jesus. And we out of all creation became His prized possession. Think about that. The galaxy, the stars, the seven wonders of the natural world, of all the things that God created, we are His prized possession. And Jesus says these words, John chapter 14, verses 6 and 9, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In Luke chapter 6, he says, your Father is merciful. Who else can we learn from about the Father? But Jesus, Jesus says, your Father is merciful. John writes this, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, see how very much our Father has loved, loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Jesus speaking again, John chapter 14, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Have you thought about that? In your home, in your car that you use to drive to work, at your workplace, or wherever you are, here in this room. God has already said that He wants to come and make His home with us. And wherever you go, there you are, and you can invite God into that place. You have troubles in your home, a lack of peace, maybe even a torment or strife or frustration. Invite God to make His home in your home. One of the things that we do when we're invited, when somebody moves into a new home, is we go and we anoint the doors and the windows with oil and we pray and we write scriptures and we dedicate the home to the Lord. Is there a foul spirit in your home? Well, let's come together, let's cast it out. It doesn't need to be stress or strife. Let's invite the Lord into the place. He says He wants to make His home among us. And that's also on the inside of you. So that wherever you go, you are a game changer. You are a carrier of the presence of the living God. When you walk into the room, things start to change. Are you with me? This is so good. Jesus praying again, John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you, who is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. If you've you've been paying attention in these verses today, we have a relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. That's been talked about. And we've learned about God the Father. What that looks like. And you might say, well this is very simple. 
hear the Holy Spirit, when I respond like that, I hear the Holy Spirit ask me, yeah, but have you lived like you believed it this week? Your emotional state of being, does it reflect that you're grounded in this truth? That you are changed by this truth? The words that come out of your mouth, your actions, your responses to when things don't go your way, is it reflecting that you understand and that you believe this truth? And this safe place that we come together to find and follow Jesus, it is a place that is safe for us to let those questions resonate. To learn from the scripture, to learn about Daddy God and our approach to Him and our intimate relationship with Him, and to be changed by it. Are you ready to be changed by it? Anyone say that your life could be better by being changed with a more intimate relationship with God? I know mine can. But here's four simple truths that we have seen in these verses today. One is that our Heavenly Father, Abba Father, through Jesus, provides us an opportunity to have a fresh start. Salvation. New life. Eternal life. Forgiveness. Uh, uh, removing the guilt of our sin. When he, he forgives us. And a freedom. A spiritual freedom. We In Christ, we are new creation. We are no longer compelled to go back to our sinful ways. To wrong thoughts, wrong emotions, wrong attitudes. Like we see in Ephesians, we can let the Holy Spirit make new our thoughts and attitudes. We can. Because in salvation, we are made new. We have new life. We are made right with God. God, Daddy God, the Father, now looks at us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is done. It is settled. It is good news that has been accomplished. We can receive it by faith. Not by showing up here other good works. Not by anything that we do. There's nothing to prove from you to God. But to receive the salvation and then like Jesus instructed over and over and over to repent, to turn away from the way that we used to live, to make our hearts prone to daddy God, to turn ourselves to him. Like he said, the most important part of the scripture is to love God with all we've got and then love our neighbor the same way we take care of ourselves. That's only possible through salvation. We've talked before about the way the scriptures and the grammar of salvation is I have been saved, I am now being saved, and I will yet be saved. Allow, it's bringing ourselves to allowing God to do that work on the inside of us. Listen, this can and should be like fireworks inside you every morning. Ah, oops, I did it again. You wake up and allow time, caffeinate, eat, cold water, whatever, before you try to come into the presence of God and then come into the presence of God before you do anything else. I'm too busy. You're too busy not to pray. I can't... The writer of Hebrews says this in talking about the struggles of the average everyday Christian life of people just like us. He says, how then shall we overcome if we ignore 
so great a salvation. Any problem in your life that is causing stress, the solution includes you understanding your salvation, living in it, walking in it more. Celebrating it, saying thank you to God more. There is nothing in your life that won't be affected for the positive by that. How then shall we overcome if we ignore so great a salvation? I am still learning more about my salvation. At the end of Celebrate Recovery on Wednesday night, I told the men a little bit about that. Some of them were looking at me like cattle looking at a new gate. I had a season in my own life where I realized that making my, trying to make myself happy only resulted in misery. And, and, and I tried many things, many ways. I manipulated people. I did lots of bad things. But I was still miserable. Be happy for a moment and then feel bad. That's how you know it's sin. You feel good for a minute, then you feel bad. And I was miserable. And I came to a place of standing on a cliff over 100 feet Tall, three o'clock in the morning, come to a place of God. If you're not real, life's not worth living. And from that day to this, every morning, I get in the presence of God. Because I remember what life was like then, and how miserable and depressed and full of anxiety I was. And I don't want to go back there. I, I can't go back there. And I know that the only way, the only thing that is different is my time with God. And so I went through a long period of emotions and frustration and dealing with guilt and having to stand, having to force myself to come into a gathering of Christians. I didn't want to be there even though I loved Jesus and I'd received his gift. I didn't want to be there. I felt dirty. I felt dirty. And I had started to learn through the scripture that because of Jesus, according to him, I was no longer dirty. And I remember, I remember the Sundays of having to like pound my fist on the chair in front of me, the tears streaming down my face and say, I am clean. I am clean. I am clean. I went through a a season of having to walk out my salvation and having to learn the truth and having to teach, let God teach me the truth and what that meant. And and that season was followed by a season of doing a lot, everything I could do, spending every waking moment trying to serve Jesus and a lot of hours on the streets with homeless teenagers and a lot of other things like that, just doing anything I could to invite anybody to Jesus. And then that season was combined with and followed by a season of, of Bible college and spending as much energy I think I graduated with like 22 credits I didn't need. I just wanted to learn everything I could learn about the Bible and God's truth. And my everything in my, my mind and my spirit consumed with learning about what is this truth of salvation and what does it mean? And, what is, and, and honestly, every semester I wanted to quit. Every semester. I said, God, are we done with this? Every semester. And I just, but I just, the, the work was worth it. And I just studied the scripture and God, what does this mean and how does this look and what what does it mean every day? And and honestly, if it were not for the class on, on Romans, I think I would have walked away from God and my relationship with God entirely and cert- most certainly the church, which I hated. And, and 
and and many many Christians. I there were some um, witches in in our uh, part of Portland that had a fundraiser bumper sticker that said "Jesus save me from your followers," and I almost bought it many times over. Um, some of you will get that later. Um, I had a lot of hurt, but I was studying the scriptures, and as I sank my teeth into Romans, which Martin Luther suggests that every Christian should memorize the book of Romans. That was where God really got a hold of me and my understanding of my salvation, even in the midst of my struggling with my sin nature, my understanding just started to explode. And in the middle of that, the charismatic renewal was going on and people spending hours in, 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 in God's presence and in worship and in settings where you just forgot about, you weren't worried about what you were wearing, you weren't worried about the person that was next to you, you're just singing with all of your passion and everything you had and the, the combination of my um, experience of being forgiven, the combination of my coming to realize that because of Jesus I was made clean, the combination of all the hours that I spent studying the scripture brought me to this place of being in the presence of God where all my passion, everything, all I wanted was Jesus. I didn't care about anything else in this life. All I wanted was Jesus because I was desperate for it, because I had been suicidal before, because I'd been racked with sin and addiction before, and all of that came to a place. And then you know what happened as a result of that? For months of my life, I was what they called drunk in the spirit, where I experienced physically the starting symptoms that people have when they get drunk. And I couldn't drive. Rebecca, we, Rebecca and I weren't even dating. She had to drive my car many times over. We'd go to a meeting. We'd go to a worship meeting. And I would be out. Out. I'd be over in the corner, laying on the floor, laughing and crying and overwhelmed. <coughs> overwhelmed by all of this journey of the, 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 the probably five years of what, receiving salvation, receiving the love of God, receiving forgiveness, and all the hours studying the scripture, and all of the just throwing myself into God because, and then finding that He actually exists, that He actually shows up, that He actually walks into the room, that you can actually hear His voice, that you can actually interact with Him, and becoming overwhelmed by the love of God. And over a period of about two and a half months, as I was probably four days a week, drunk in the spirit, my personality actually changed. And the person that you know today is not the Ben that was before. You don't know what I was like. You don't. You don't know me. Rebecca is the only person in this room that knows that Ben. You only know the Ben that is the result of that season of life. And I'm not saying that you need to do all the things that I need to do. Clearly not. That's not what I'm saying. But all I'm saying is that I can speak from the scriptures, from the truth that Jesus said, and I see it as relevant, and that my experience can connect with you, and that you can be inspired by it, and that when I invite you to prayer on a Sunday morning at 9.30, when I invite you to a prayer walk out in a neighborhood, when I invite you over to my house, and we're singing, and we're this is a part of what's going on in the inside of me that I want you to taste. I want you to pray like Jesus has prayed. The psalmist, taste and see. The Lord is good. That's the daddy God that I've come to know. That's the daddy God I want you to come to know. And we don't all need to have the same kind of charismatic experience. I'm not worried about that. I just want you to have an interaction with God. With the living God that changes your life. Like freaking forever. Forever. For the rest of your days, where you are wrecked, 
well, you will never be the same. Where there is no going back. Where you taste something that is the good stuff. You you hear what I'm saying? Where there's an interaction with Daddy God where there's no turning back. Where you're here when I unlock the door because you want to be in the presence of the Father. We lay in this floor. We get on our knees in this floor because of the fresh start. I'll come back to the notes. Clearly what Jesus is also talking about in these passages that we just read is an unbroken personal relationship. You know, and, and being in a church family is it's a safe place because we all go through seasons where, man, I'm not feeling it. We all go through seasons where I'm in a hard time. I can't see it. I can't hear it. I don't hear the voice of God. I've been dry. I mean, there's seasons to life. We all go through it. But we come together so that we can strengthen each other and encourage each other. Where we can come together and say, hey, man, how's your UPR? Look at the slide. It'll help. Your unbroken, unbroken personal relationship. Like, where are you in that pathway, like Brother Lawrence? Like, are you, are you making an attempt to be in a dialogue with God all day? Like, all day, every day? Not so that you can prove that you're better. Not so that you can become a better person. Not even so that you can drive out your problems. Not even so that you can feel better. I've got news for you. Today we have pretty much mostly people in this room, you consider yourself mature in Christ. I've got news for you. We don't come to God so that we can feel better. That's a really nice benefit. You know? I'm not a father so that I can feel better. I don't love Rebecca for the chocolate cake she makes. But she did make one. (laughs) We come to the Father because it's right and He deserves it. I worship with all my guts because he's worthy. Not so that I can feel better or be better. Are you with me? Now the great byproduct of it is that we do feel better. But clearly in in these passages, and I would invite you this week, go back to John chapter 17. Clearly in these passages, Jesus is inviting us into a kind of intimacy with Daddy God that is an unbroken personal relationship. Whatever your vocabulary is, whatever your speed is, wherever you are, if you're not touching your Bible right now, just touch it once a day this week. Don't try to read the whole thing. Just touch it once. Baby steps, right? But the invitation, we got to understand, the invitation is to an unbroken personal relationship, which is made possible because of the salvation. And if you don't, why does Pastor Ben always push us to the purple book? Because you need it. Because you won't understand your salvation if you haven't gone through the questions in that book with a friend with your Bible and unpacked the answers. You just won't. It will be back in that, how then shall we overcome if we ignore so great a salvation? Don't ignore your salvation. 
Because then out of an overflow of love, out of a thank you, God, I want to spend time with him in an unbroken personal relationship. The fact of the matter is, is that if we don't want to be with God in his presence, with his people, in his word, talking to him, listening to him, that's an indication that our spirit is sick. If we don't want to be with him. I just don't enjoy it. I just don't enjoy that style of music. I just reading the Bible is really hard. I have felt all of those things. But years later, I discovered that back then, what was going on was my spirit was not healthy. If your spirit is healthy, you are like, yes, God. There's a love response. There's a fireworks show in the morning because you're not going to hell. Because God has offered you an unbroken personal relationship, access with him, and he knows you better than anyone else, and he loves you all the more. Now, clearly what's also offered to us is provision. We, we heard the verses Jesus talking about, if you heavenly parents, or if you earthly parents can do this, you who are evil, right? How much more will your heavenly father... We, a byproduct is what we heard in the verses today. God already knows your needs. And God already provides what you need. So provision, every little thing is going to be up. Right? We need, that needs to like settle into the bedrock of our spirit of who we are. If we've got any swagger, it should come from this. Right? You've got provision. You've got a guarantee. And then what else do we have? Heaven. Heaven, which is about unbroken personal relationship. Heaven's not about, ooh, I'm going to have my gold then. No, Daddy God, the only source of true joy, true peace, true love, you will have access to every day, all day, without end. That's the hope of heaven. In a redeemed body, so you're not having to like, you know... Right? Now oh, I need to go to sleep. I can't do this anymore. Are you with me? This is, these are benefits, the byproduct of a good father who gives good gifts. This invitation is to everybody. It's for everybody. Isn't God good? He's so good to us. Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. I just uh, close your eyes if you don't mind. Focus on Daddy God for a minute. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your words that we've heard today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here for us to guide us into truth and that you never leave us. Daddy God, I thank you. You're the creator and the redeemer. That you've made a way, that you've, you've opened it up for us. I thank you that you've made it possible. That we can live out of a love response. You've made it possible for us to experience peace for us to experience joy, for us to experience love. 
I thank you that you've given us access to salvation. Help us to respond. Help us to receive it. To walk in that relationship with you. Daddy God, we love you. We thank you for who you are, for all that you have done, all that you will continue to do. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I know you may be here today and uh, you would like to receive prayer. Please don't go anywhere.